morning. Welcome uh, to Netherwood Park this morning. Uh, my name is Kyle Wittenberg. I'm a deacon here uh, at Netherwood Park. Uh, my family has attended um, since 1994, which in one sense doesn't sound uh, that long ago, but um, it's been quite some time. For those who are um, visitors, know that as believers here, um, we uh, believe in God's scripture. We believe that the Bible is inspired by God, um, and it is our blueprint for how we uh, live our lives here. Uh, we believe in prayer. We believe that God hears our prayers and answers our prayers. We believe baptism um, is God's way of redeeming us, cleansing us, and bringing us closer to Him. And we believe in the power of Christ's church. And meeting with fellow believers uh, is essential to our walk. Um, let's pray before we get started. Our Father in heaven, we, we're so glad for uh, the plan that you've given us uh, for your word, for your son. Um, we're thankful for um, our fellow Christians, and we know that uh, you are alive and, and well uh, in your church, and we know that you continue to shed your grace on us, Lord. Uh, we're thankful for all the blessings that you continue to shower on us. And we're thankful for your forgiveness. These things we pray. Amen. I want to I start by saying thank you to uh, the congregation uh, for your support of uh, the youth and your support of this uh, special uh, trip that we've taken um, several years now uh, down to Houston to work with the Impact Church of Christ. Um, your support in that work is uh, what makes it happen. Uh, without that support, we wouldn't go. We wouldn't be able to. Um, so I want you to know uh, that you are full participants in that work. Um, and we're thankful for that. And I bring you greetings from the elders at Impact Church of Christ. When we're there, I have time to spend time with the, the eldership and talk about the work, and they ask about you. They ask about Netherwood Park and how the congregation is doing and whether there's anything they can do um, to support our work here as well. So uh, I wanted to bring that message to you and let you know um, that it's a, it's a strong connection that we have, that you have with this church in Houston, and sometimes it's, um, uh, you, you may not know that, and it's easy to forget, 
And my report is not about what we did while we were there or what I did. Um, I, um, I, I was blessed. I'm fortunate to be able to go again on this trip, this time in a slightly different role, um, but blessed nonetheless. And that um, the work we do while we're there um, is, is about the work that you start as we plan to go. Um, I encourage you to read Matthew chapter 5, all of Matthew chapter 5. And as I get started, I'm confident that the timing of my lesson will, will not be accurate. It will either be very short or I'll be rushing to finish. It will be one of the two, I'm confident. <laughs> um, Matthew chapter 5, I encourage you to read that entire chapter. Um, right, this part of Matthew is one of the longest discourses we have recorded of Jesus' words, which are precious. Specifically, though, verses 38 through 42. You've heard that it was said, eye for eye and tooth for tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. Now listen to these words, right? These were, these were words Jesus used uh, to connect with his audience about what they were experiencing and how they were to respond. Do not resist an evil person, he says. Eye for eye and tooth for tooth, you've heard. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. If anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go within two miles. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. Right? Slap, sue, and force Right? These are the things Jesus is talking about that these people are experiencing. Okay? Not nice things. Right? But listen to how he tells them to respond. Right? Turn your other cheek, give your coat also, and go an extra mile. Right? Under Roman rule, um, by law, if uh, you passed a Roman soldier on the road or a Roman soldier uh, walked by you and the soldier asked or demanded that you carry his pack, by law you had to do it. Okay? And a Roman soldier's pack uh, wasn't a canteen, right? These packs weighed over 50 pounds, right? So if you passed a soldier and you were carrying your own things and the soldier said, carry my pack, you put your stuff down, you took the soldier's pack, and by law you were, you were required to go one mile, right? Roman roads were marked and you were required to go a mile, okay? Then by law, um, that was all that you were required to do. 
Now imagine if he's going this way and you're coming this way and you, you drop your things and carry his pack. You go back a mile you have just walked with his gear and when you were done, you put his gear down and you had to walk back the mile you just went, right? So it's really two miles, potentially, you were out, okay? So, um, right, kind of an ordeal. And what did Jesus advise you to do if you came across this situation, right? Jesus said, go two miles, right? Maybe four in your journey, right? By foot, right? Go with them two miles. So our theme for the week, for the summer, for Impact um, BBS in Houston was the extra mile, right? This is uh, what we talked about, what we prayed about, what we studied what we prepared our lessons to teach. So part of the role we have at our week of VBS is uh, teaching classes, right, to uh, kindergarten through fifth grade students, right? We do three different classes, uh, a science class, uh, a craft, and games. And this is the theme we teach, okay? This was the theme for this, uh, this summer, now, at this point in Houston, uh, their, their VBS is over. It's a six, I think this week, seven-week uh, VBS. So not, not a one-day, not a five-day, a seven-week VBS. Uh, over 300 kids uh, attend the, VP, uh, the VBS. There's over 20 interns that come and help Houston with this, uh, this program probably 15 different youth groups uh, from uh, many different places come during those week, weeks and help. Uh, over 10 bus drivers uh, go and pick up the kids uh, and drop them off uh, during the VBS. So it's, um, it, it's quite an impressive undertaking, actually. Uh, so the extra mile, this is our theme. If you look at these two guys, right, a picture from VBS. You look at these two guys and um, look at what they're doing, right? One has a piece of paper. Uh, the other one looks like um, maybe he's talking, right? These guys are working on the memory verse, okay? And by memory verse... I mean the scripture that was read when we started, plus Matthew chapter 5, right? That's what these kids were to memorize for the summer, right? Not a single verse, not a single passage, but that entire section, right? And that's what these guys are working on, right? Over 150 kids memorized that entire passage of scripture, Right? Impressive. It's impressive. And, you know, I think about that. And, um, and when you get to know these kids and realize what they have done in, in memorizing that part of God's word, 
right? It touches you, and it moves you, right? These guys are spending their time helping each other memorize these scriptures, okay? Look at these girls, right? Again, at VBS, right? This is lunchtime, right? We have just a few minutes for lunch. Uh, The kids are served some food. Some bring their food, right? And what are these girls doing during this time, right? Studying. They're studying. And look at them. Look at, look at the intensity of them looking at these verses, right? The extra mile. You know, we talked a lot about what, what, what does this look like? And as we prepared the youth group to go, I challenged them, right? How do, you move, how do you move things off of the page and turn those words into something tangible? How do you see it? What does it really look like? What does it really mean, right? How do you turn this into something you can see and experience this extra mile, And what I realized is that, right, as I'm trying to describe to the kids, you know, how to live this, how to get this, this concept out of uh, print and into practice, right, I realized it was happening right before me, right? So for starters, this is what it looks like to turn this, um, into practice, right? This here are the, the names of all the team members that went to Houston, okay? So take a minute to look at those names, right? To read them over. This is what um, the team looked like that went to Houston. Talk to some of these people. Ask them about their experience. Some of the names you may not recognize, right? We had uh, at least one person join us from uh, Ohio with Dixie and her family, the Thomases. But most of these people you know, right? I encourage you to talk to them. Um, And I wanted to show the names, I didn't have a picture of just the team. We didn't think to get one, or I couldn't find one. Anyway, (laughs) here are the names. Um, This group, and I I want you to know um, how proud you should be of this group of people uh, and what they did while they were in Houston. Um, Every single person on this list was critical to the success of what we did, right? Uh, and the, the work wouldn't have happened without every single individual. And as we prepare to go, uh, we often have a list of expectations. I put it up here. It's... Um, It's expectations that you need to be clear with teenagers, I think, right? (laughs) 
But I draw your attention to the last item. And I stressed this to the team before we left, that they're going to come in contact with a lot of people. And the only thing, right, people are going to ask, where are you from? They'll say Albuquerque, Netherwood Park. And the only impression they will have of this body of believers is you. That's it, right? How you act, how you behave, right, will be a reflection on this body of believers and on believers in general, right? And um, I want you to know that you should be very, very proud of how this group of people represented you and Christ's body, okay? Um, There were, um, I can't remember during the trip any time that we had to do any corrective action or uh, remind people of what we were there for, right? This is what the extra mile looks like. It looks like these people, okay? It looks like these people. So, let's talk some more about what it means to be a believer. What do you think it means to be a believer? We talk about that. I use that language a lot because it's special to me, right? Think about it for a minute. What does it mean to be a believer? Write something down for yourself. And I'm not asking what does it mean to believe. I'm asking what does it mean to be a believer, right? It's a different question. I'm not even asking what do you believe, right? Fundamentally, right, we believe in God the Creator, Jesus the Son, Right? What does it mean to you to be a believer? I searched that word believer in Scripture. Uh, the NIV I was searching. I found 49 occurrences of the word believer. Many of them were in Acts. Right? I think about that. But this one uh, uh, occurrence... A believer in First Peter struck me. Let's look at it. First Peter chapter one, verse eighteen through twenty-one. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defeat. He was chosen before the creation of the world but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him, you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so, your faith and hope are in God. Right? This is one of the many passages that talk about what it means to believe. This, is, this I think, is a beautiful description of what it means to believe. Okay, but what happens as a result of that belief? What's next? What's next? 
right? Mark chapter 16 and 15, Jesus tells us what's next. He says, go tell other people about what you believe. And go tell other people why you believe. Right? But how do you do that? How do you share that? Right? I, right? You hear it a lot. I'm not a speaker. I'm not a preacher. I can't do this. I can't sing. I can't. I can't. Right? I'm too young. I'm too old. I can't. Right? Like I was telling uh, Tanner and I were discussing, right? Growing up, the saying we had was can't never could. Right? Anyone ever heard that saying? Can't never could. Right? And we read about the acts of the apostles. Right? Not the sermons of the apostles. Right? God didn't tell us all to go um, stand in front of an audience and tell them. Right? It's not what the word preach means here. Right? So what do we do? How do we get this message out? Right? Many things strike me uh, as I on, about this Houston BBS trip, right? It's really a simple, simple program, right? Spend the summer teaching kids, right? VBS. Um, but it's hard to it's hard to describe the experience without um, having been there, right? Sometimes it's hard to share, right? And this year, the thing that kept coming back to me over and over, that kept coming back to my mind as I thought about what we were doing and as I experienced our trip, the thing that kept coming back to my mind is that Christ's church today is alive and well. It is alive and well. And... You know, for me, sometimes um, I become numb to that fact. And sometimes we become numb to that fact. Right? We're flooded with all kinds of information that tells us something different about Christians, about how we are to behave, about how... Um, God is not active. We're constantly flooded. I, I feel now more than ever with this kind of message. And it's easy to forget. It's easy to become indifferent or absorbed in your own world, your own struggles, and get lost in the day-to-day -day activities, get lost in the routine or even the tragedies that you see around you. But I want you to know that I was witness to Christ's work through his church. I saw it. You participated in it. We saw the power of God moving in people and resulting in hope and change and healing. Right? Christ's church is active and strong. When God's people mobilize and work together, Amazing things can happen. It's not always glamorous. It's not always...
pretty even sometimes. It may be plain or ordinary, even dirty sometimes, right? But when God's people mobilize, and I thought a lot about the connections, the connections that we have, the intersections of God's people, right? Our trip from Albuquerque, right? We're just one of many, but we connected with many churches, right? The church, the downtown church in Searcy, Arkansas. Uh, Fellow believers from Ohio. The Airport Freeway Church of Christ in Dallas, right? We all intersected at Houston to do what God wanted us to do, right? And, and it just struck me as very powerful to see uh, that in action. So, what does it look like when Christ's church is in action, right? This is in part what it looks like, right? Here's a picture of uh, our group from Netherwood Park and the downtown Church of Christ from uh, Searcy, Arkansas, right? We work very closely with this group during VBS, right? So think about this. Look at this picture, right? It's not the best resolution, but it's, it's good enough, okay? This right here is God's plan to fight evil in the world. This is it. This is God's plan to fight poverty, drugs, death, hopelessness, anger, revenge, sorrow, loss, meanness, selfishness, all those things, right? That's the plan. And look at at those around you. You are part of that plan as well, right? Right? This picture is not what I think of when I think of God's plan to fight evil in the world. But this is it. And it works, right? You know, in this picture, it's hard to tell which group is which, right? Which is good, right? One body, many members, right? Look at the faces, right? What expressions do you see, right? Now, granted, someone probably said smile, right? And that's what people did. (laughs) However, I can tell you before the picture, there were smiles, okay? This is at the end of our week. It's the end of the the day. It's very hot. It's hard to tell, right? And people are tired. But look at the faces, smiles. This is God's army against evil right here, (laughs) right? Why? Why? Why would believers travel hundreds of miles from all parts of the country? Why would they take time and trouble and the expense, right, to come together in this fashion? Well, this is why. Right here, okay? This is the group of kids that we um, taught in our first VBS session, right? This is why we take the time, right? They're God's children because they're worth it. Many of the people in these kids' lives 
will not go one mile for them, much less two miles for them. Many people will not sing or shout or laugh or dance or play or read or pray with these kids, right? But we did, and we do, right? And this is why, right? This first arrow pointing this little guy, his name is Isaiah, right? Isaiah was a handful, not just for me, right? You can see it in his eyes, in this picture. You can see it. And I was, we spent a lot of time uh, sitting down and standing up during VBS. Um, and I was, um, once I was in one position or the other, it was fine, right? The transitions were more difficult for me. Uh, but I got down, and before I knew it, Isaiah was like, you know, riding my lap, okay? Right? Just like that, right? And all it was was given some attention, some attention, right? Isaiah, the first day, I think maybe I startled him. He was sitting in my lap. He looked up. I think he saw my Adam's apple, and it scared him, right? <laughs> Understandable, right? Well, he went for it, right? He, he grabbed, he started, I could not get him to stop going for the throat, <laughs> right? I finally had to, you know, put some distance, right? And he finally did. I thought it was good. The next day, I'm sitting, and uh, Isaiah, I think, is sitting in Caleb's lap behind me. Well, I, I think the ears startled him as well, Right? They're, my ears are especially noticeable from behind, right? And he latched on to one of them and would not let go, right? And he started twisting and turning, right? <laughs> and luckily, Caleb uh, managed to peel him off my ear, right? <laughs> but that's it, right? That's why we're there. Uh, this next student... Uh, that you see pictured here with the arrow, uh, Ruby. Um, I helped her with uh, a craft in class. Kathy had instructed the kids on the craft to sign their name, right? And because I helped her, she insisted that I sign my name as well on her craft, right? And uh, I tried many things to say no and to distract her and she wouldn't have it. She insisted, right? She did her name. She gave me the pen. Sign it. She wouldn't, she wouldn't take no for an answer. And as I started to write my name on her craft, she leaned to me and she looked down and she says, oh, that's so good, right? That's so good. That looks so good. And I was finished my name, right? And I'm thinking... Right? This girl is, is encouraging me, right, in my writing my name on her. And when I finished, she held it up. She says, oh, that's fabulous. Look at that. Right? I couldn't believe it. Right? I couldn't believe it. I saw that extra mile. I saw that extra mile in the kids. Right? I was seeing it all around. Seeing in our team and in those students. 
And there were many other things that we did during that week as we interacted with the other youth groups. And as I watched closer and closer, right, I saw that behavior more and more. So one principle I want us to think about, right, one principle, if someone asks you to go one mile, go with them too. Jesus gave us this instruction. He said, this is good for you. This is the best way, Jesus said. So what if we practiced this principle in every realm of our life? Every realm, your marriage, your family, your job, your school, relationships, everything, even your social media experience, right? What if you practice this one principle, right? Always do more than anyone has a right to ask. Right? Always do more than anyone has a right to ask. That's a hard concept when you think about all the different people you come in contact with. But imagine the power. Imagine the power of living that concept. I think the extra mile for those that went on the trip now has a special meaning, a different meaning, right? For me, right, when I hear this verse, I'll think of the compliment I was given as I signed my name. And by the way, it wasn't very good, (laughs) right? And maybe this phrase already means something special to you as well, right? But think about that. More than anyone has a right to ask. Maybe there are some here this morning who need help, and you need your pack carried. You need your pack carried for a, for a mile, or maybe more. Right? We can help. As believers, God tells us this is the best way. Right? That extra mile. We can help you. We gain strength and courage from God, the Creator. His grace covers us. We're not perfect. But God forgives us. So, if this morning, right, you want to move from existing to living, right, God can give you a life beyond your imagination, beyond what you can think a fulfilling life will be, right? And he does that through his church and through you. Again, I want to thank you as a congregation for the support you give um, to your youth here. Um, I see... I see the beauty of Christ in them on this trip, and I see it um, even there were kids that weren't able to go on the trip this year, 
uh, but I saw them at Ponderosa. And I see the same behavior in those kids as well, right? It's not just this trip, right? It's those kids. And they're a reflection on you and how you've instructed them, right? And I thank you for that. And I thank you for this opportunity. And if there are those here who need um, help with that extra mile, uh, come together as, as we stand and sing. Sing, Lord, like a shepherd king.